Are you tired of the cookie cutter approach to education that's stuck in the last century? Are you seeking a win-win situation where your family thrives, your kid's education is revolutionary, and you still get to chase your own dreams? Welcome to Unschooled Unleashed. Unlock your child's genius. I'm your host, Matthew Jarecki, an unapologetic rebel dad and promoter of what many consider to be educational anarchy. You know the world isn't going to be won by those that just toe the line. It's the innovators, the visionaries, and the resilient spirits that are going to thrive. Our mission here is to forge those world changers within our very homes with less stress, energy, and time. Unschooled, Unleashed starts now. Welcome back to another fantastic episode of Unschooled Unleashed. I'm your host, Matthew Jarecki, and today we're going to dive in to how to cultivate your child's genius. I think every kid has a genius inside them. I think it's innate. It's a God-given gifts you've been given, uh, the things that make you unique, and we're going to talk about how to cultivate that. So if that sounds interesting to you, stay tuned and let's dive in. How to cultivate your child's genius. As you notice in the title, it's Unschooled Unleashed, uh, Unlock Your Child's Genius. And this is specifically what I'm talking about. I believe that if we kind of get out of the way and give kids what they need or the support that they need to really individual uh, individualize themselves, their self, to really uh, develop the gifts that the God-given gifts that they have. I think we have little geniuses, little Einsteins running around, little Mozarts, little uh, Hemingways, all these uh, different types of way to be a genius, I think, are within our kids. I think they're within each one of us, and finding that is something that's really the true... One of the true adventures to life is how to figure out what that is. And I think starting at the youngest age, you can to fi- find out who you are and what your gifts are and where you're drawn to, what your interests are, what you're good at. All that stuff is is definitely a part of the educational experience when you're young. However, schools stifle that, in my opinion. I think the people who survive it are really exceptions and not the rule with schools because everyone has to conform. And we're really talking about how to differentiate. So with that being said, let's dive into what defining that genius is. And I, I kind of went into it, but I think it's, you know, we're going to try and make this simple. So uh, genius, when I say it, is uh, the unique blend of the child's interests and talents, what they're really good at, right, and what they're interested in. They're the God-given gifts that we hope as parents to nurture. You know, when you see this, when you see this, uh, I don't know, someone who's younger and you just see so much potential in them in certain areas, it's those areas that you see the potential that you want to cultivate and just laser in, focus laser in. Um, I know I've watched my uh, now 10 eight and five-year-old and we've been unschooling since the beginning and I'm always trying to pay attention to what they're interested in, where they want to dive in, where they want to learn more. And my goal is to not hold them back. I don't want to hold them back from being able to uh, learn at the pace that they're able to take it in. Some examples of this are 
building with Legos. We got a whole bunch of extra Legos because they're just little engineers building with this stuff. So we get different cool Lego sets and we get to see new creations and that's pretty cool. We get to see them doing coding, which I, which as I often mention, and that's that to me, it's just, the reason I mention is because it always blows my mind that you can be that young and learn this stuff and actually learn the real fundamentals of it, not just the kids stuff. Newsletters, they write newsletters. And uh, so, the, you know, being somewhat of an author or even a reporter in that, in some sense, uh, dance, all these things are the little geniuses within. And who knows if they want to pursue that in the future. We're just kind of dabbling. Discovery, right? Especially at these young ages. But eventually we're going to figure out what their real talents are. They're going to know what they're interested in, of course, with the unschooling approach. And that genius will continue to be cultivated and developed. Moving on. The intentional unschooling approach. So I've talked about this in previous episodes. If you haven't listened to the intentional unschooling uh, podcast, or not podcast, uh, intentional unschooling episode, I define it out for you. But I'm going to give you a basic rundown for those of you who aren't familiar. So there's two parts to intentional unschooling. There's one, which is we want to really back off and let the child unschool, right? Interest-based, child-led, so they get to determine where they're going to go. So that's that's one part of it. The other part is providing 10 out of 10 parental support. And that's what I call intentional unschooling. We equipped kids, when I say support, we're equipping our kids with the tools, values, and strategies for future, future readiness. We, that means we're providing broad exposure, which leads to discovering interests. That's kind of our goal. And I know uh, in our journey, we're always kind of oscillating between broad exposure and jumping into something. And that's led us to finding interests that are that I might not have expected. Something that they were scared to do in the beginning was math, and now they love it because uh, they got a little bit of exposure to it, decided to dive in. I've continued, I continued to point out along the way all the times that they would be able to use math, and they decided it was worth their time to learn uh, the fundamentals of math. Moving on, uh, we do that deep dive into interests. So with this intentional unschooling, we're going to do that deep dive into their interest, right? Because that's what unschooling is about. It's interest-based child-led. So we're creating these little geniuses. This is the little secret sauce. We're going to encourage mastery and building on those interests once they've achieved their whatever whatever milestones they have with it. And uh, this is much different than the school's approach, which is just broad exposure pretty much the whole time. Yes, they're going to go into specialized to a point, but then it's just move on to the next thing and there's no real end game with it other than to get a degree. It's not the practical application of whatever you're using. It's not anything else. Uh, so it becomes a little less tangible, I think, for the child. I know it does for me when I'm just learning something I can't use. So we're, we're letting them guide the way or lead the way into what they're interested in. And then uh, usually when they're interested in something, there's, uh, you know, past the discovery phase, there, there, there's often a goal at the end. Like, I want to make a, if I'm building Legos, I'm going to make a little space cruiser. 
you know, something like that. And we, we, we just kind of back up and let them dive in, just provide those tools to be able to do that. Again, we oscillate between broad learning and focused ex exploration. And I think this is the, for me and what I see, and when I reflect on my own experience and with my children, this is the secret to a, having the unschooling approach really work. Because the, the temptation is to only focus in on what they're interested in and let them lead that. And I think with intentional in schooling, when we're providing that parental support, which means tools, values, strategies for future readiness, we're kind of guiding them into where we might see there's a significant benefit, or at least just to explore it, to rule it out. Because if you don't do that, then you might not actually find what you're interested in. So you have to have exposure. So I think about you know, jumping back and forth between uh, exposure and focused learning is important. I know that was the case for math because we went from not knowing anything about math, really just counting on fingers to doing fractions within, within a winter, really. Dinosaurs, space and astronauts, coding, the U.S. Constitution, all these things were deep dives at some point, but wouldn't have gotten, wouldn't have even known those existed unless we did that broad exposure. So we're always taking those opportunities to kind of explain the world and... You know, hey, you got a question about it? Let's ask. Let's learn together if I don't know the answer. Moving on. Um, there, There's uh, plenty of benefits to the intentional unschooling approach to help create uh, or cultivate, I should say, the, the genius within your child. And I think one of the uh, benefits is children tend to be self-motivated and they have better retention of that knowledge when they are self-motivated to learn something. Uh, if we're trying to force something, you know, that's the push. I try and avoid the push. You know, I point out stuff and I just try and get them interested so that way we can pull them into something that we might think is valuable for them. I don't think, I, I do not subscribe to the belief that we should just completely back off and let our children do whatever. Uh, I got to be careful with my words. When I say let, I will let them focus on whatever they want to. But I believe the most responsible thing I can do is to walk alongside them and kind of steer them in a direction that may be very beneficial for them, but never force because I think forcing creates, you know, trying to push them into something uh, doesn't really give them the benefits that I'm looking for, meaning retention and self-motivation, right? So I try and pull them into it by creating that interest and, and guiding the way and pointing out how this benefits uh, them in whatever way possible. If they want to be an engineer, they got to learn math. If they want to go to space camp, then they got to uh, get out there and exercise because it requires exercise to be an astronaut. And I'm just making this up on the fly, but who knows what they do at space camp. I've never been, so... <laughs> But but you can kind of see where I'm going with that. If I do try and force them into everything, you know, force them into the areas I think they should go, I, I, I've I never done this with my kids, but when someone did it with me, I always forgot it. I, I remembered it as long as I had to. That's why I don't do testing and all that stuff because you're really just learning for the test. 
So forcing someone to learn something, I think, is uh, the most inefficient way to do it. Not that you won't learn something or be able to recall something, but it's the most efficient, inefficient way and most stressful way to go about it. I mean, I'm always surprised when, with the, when my children are, when they've been motivated to learn something and they're able to spit it back out to me and I don't even remember it. It's, it's crazy. Like uh, my, old, my oldest and my second oldest were very interested in the U.S. Constitution and they knew the Bill of Rights better than I did. And I've read through that multiple times to try and better understand it. So I'm behind the game. I'm behind the curriculum. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, another benefit of intentional in schooling to cultivate your children's genius is they really get to discover their God-given gifts. And we did cover this a little bit. I just want to go into it just a little bit more of a deeper dive, specifically focusing on this. We get to emphasize their natural talents over conventional academic pursuits. I don't care if they get an A+. If we don't know where they, if they, if the child doesn't know where they're gifted, it doesn't matter to me. An A plus is great. It means you applied yourself. But beyond that, I don't think it's a reflection of knowledge. And I think the studies have shown, uh, the, the research has shown that good grades don't equate with uh, really any kind of success in the future. Um. But I do know when you find out where you're gifted that that I, I haven't seen any studies about it, but I can tell you people who are gifted at something, I always see those people thriving. Um, I think that it's very important for parents to nurture these innate gifts. Um, you know, in the Bible, we talk about uh, bring up every child according to their bent. And I think there's many ways to look at that, but one way is to their God-given gifts. And my goal is to help them find this out and then lean in. And then I just watch them grow. I'm at the stage where we're still exploring, but I just can't wait to watch them grow and where they're going to be at uh, over the next couple of years. I know <laughs> one thing that I, you know, you, you can kind of look at your kid and say, wow, you're really good at that. And it's usually... <laughs> Not usually, but one of the ways to figure out what your kid is really good at is like what some of their innate gifts, and this isn't the only way, of course, but someone said it and I thought it was pretty entertaining. What is the thing about your child that you just like, oh man, that gets me every time. Uh, that might be your child's innate gift, right? They're always, uh, their head's always in the clouds. Well, maybe they're a creative and their heads in the clouds, and that's the, the best skill to cultivate, right? Of course, you have to have a well-rounded approach. You have to be able to show up on time, and you have to, you know, that kind of stuff. <clears throat> uh, but really creating that, uh, cultivating that creativity and that wonder and that whatever, whatever's going on there might be their strongest asset, or maybe they're antagonistic. <laughs> and... I'm sure a lot of you parents out there can relate to this one. The antagonistic child who always can see things the different, a different way. There's always two sides to it, right? Maybe they're going to be a 
lawyer, you know, is the greatest example or a consultant who wants to just go in there and rip apart the, you know, the business and, uh, you know, really be that critic, that careful eye who could see things a different way and give an alternative way to go about things. I mean, these are just, you know, off the top of my head, but you can see where these things that might be a, a source of your pain right now that you're going to try and stifle might actually need to be redirected and cultivated because you don't want to kill their natural gifts. That is their genius. And that's so hard as the parent. I can tell you today has pushed me to my limits. And, uh, you know, reflecting on the day as I sit on this podcast, uh, maybe I need to be a little bit more patient. So I'll just say that. (laughs) We all make mistakes. I've never had a 10, 8, and a 5-year-old in my entire life. So I'm learning too. Anyways, moving around, moving on uh, to the next topic, which is the role of the parents in unschooling, especially in this uh, intentional unschooling process. So parents, our goal in this journey, as far as I'm concerned in intentional unschooling, is to be a trusted guide. When they're 18, they don't have to include you in their life at all. And they might even ax you out in their teenage years. I mean, really, they might be in your house, but they're not present with you. You don't know what's going on, anything like that, right? So as we have younger children, our goal is to establish ourselves as a trusted guide. Hopefully, we're wise enough to be able to be a trusted guide. I mean, gosh, we've got this far with it, right? Uh, but hopefully, we built up enough trust, I should say, to be that guide in life, you know, on their inner circle, not because you told them, that you should be, but because they want you, because they see the value in having you in their life, because they know you're on their team. Uh, one of the ways we can help them, specifically focusing on cultivating their genius, is to steer them out of their comfort zones thoughtfully. We might see where there's our areas of opportunity to grow and expose them to new ideas, thoughts, experiences, all that stuff. And they might have, uh, I remember my mom pushed me, not pushed me, she did beg me though. She begged me into taking a an art class in ninth grade. It's my first year of high school, my first year in public school after, I hadn't been to public school since kindergarten. I unschooled the year prior and was in homeschooling the two years prior to that. And uh, private school, one classroom before that. I mean, just like, you know, so this is a brand new thing and I got to choose for the first time what I was going to learn. And she just begged me to go into art because I, she saw I had a gift in it. I reluctantly did it because she bribed me. I can't remember what she, she, oh, she said she'd owe me. And I thought that was the best thing to have over a parent. If like I could call in a favor and I'd never, I only got that opportunity one time, one time ever, as far as I can remember. And uh, I thought that was a pretty good deal, so I did it. And I ended up taking it for four years because I loved it so much. And I ended up, uh, you know, I don't want to toot my own horn here, but uh, we used to have sketches, you know, where you draw with a pencil or any kind of medium on paper. And I uh, ended up, my, my sketchbook used to get passed around the entire school because I just blew people away. And that was my goal. I really, I loved the responses that I got when I applied myself 
and I knew I could outperform, you know, amongst the art people. You know, there was a little bit of a competition there, and I knew I could outperform some of those guys, so I did. And that was a really cool thing that my mom kind of steered me into. And um, I hope to be able to provide that to my children um, as they go on, but uh, I hope to be able to do that with a little less begging, if you will, or maybe uh, promises to that they got one, they can call in a favor. <laughs> I know my... Uh, second oldest uh, he, he uh really enjoys dancing and we noticed this he would do dance moves and all that cool stuff so we decided to get him for his i think it was his birthday uh dance classes and we've been going with that ever since so we were uh now i think we're five or six months in and he's still totally into it and he does dance performances for us i mean goodness you know he found something he enjoyed then we went over and steered him into it hey we got these dance lessons lessons if you're interested and you can learn new things so we're creating more broad exposure within dance itself which is an interest of his to begin with which he has talent i can tell you and uh really cool to be a part of that journey i know that they uh were apprehensive last year we're actually we have basketball practice tonight and that's that's where i'm going to the next thing I kind of steered my kids into, but this was last year in their first year of basketball. They didn't know if they wanted to do it. They'd never played. They didn't know the rules. They didn't know anything about it. And I just said, you know, give it your best shot. Everyone's kind of a beginner at this age. So this is the best time to learn. So that's what they did. And my intent was for them to get exposed to teamwork and meeting new people. So kind of that socialization aspect and being brave was something that's scary and uh you know they're they're learning the game of basketball and basketball isn't the ultimate goal at least with me steering them into it but they're getting good at teamwork and and working with others might be something that uh they're skilled at and we're, we're just watching that develop moving on um with talking about the role of parents in intentional and in schooling to help build your child's genius we, we really want to focus on life beyond the curriculum. So we want to embrace these learning opportunities outside of the you know, school, uh, oppor- uh, school setting or curriculum. We want real-world experience. We want internships, getting out of the house to go do something, and diving into their interests. We can have them actually, you know, when they get older, they can actually get jobs in areas that they're interested in. Maybe they do it for no money just to get exposure. That's fine. This is the age to do it when everything's free, right? Or at least when they're in the house older than my kids. <laughs> but uh, supporting them to be able to do that, I think, is very important. Why the, why the risk is so low? If you try and do this at 25 with you know two kids, that's going to be pretty difficult. You're not going to do that for free. you got to put food on the table. Uh, at least it would be a lot harder. You'd have to have a very supporting spouse. But I think it's very important for them to get out there in real-world ex- uh, real world experiences to help get practical knowledge of what they would do should they want to continue down that route, learn from people who are doing it, get to know their self better along the way, 
And uh, I think that's going to help steer the direction of their education, their self-directed education in the future. And that's something we can really help them in the process uh, to develop. Moving on, um, there's always concerns, right? So let's talk about concerns in just trusting the process of intentional unschooling and uh, specifically to cultivate their genius, but also to calm the nerves of maybe missing out on some stuff. So when I talk about the intentional unschooling process, we, we have to know, and this, again, there's a whole episode on this, you have to scroll back. Um, <clears throat> there's six pillars of intentional unschooling. This is, this is, this is my six pillars of intentional unschooling. So you can adopt them, adopt them if you want, but they are self, sorry, rather their life skills acquisition. Two is adaptability. Three is self-teaching. Four is creativity. Five is social skills. And six is self-knowledge. So if I can cultivate life skills acquisition, they can be an adult. If they are adaptable, man, they're going to be prepared for the future. And especially with uh, artificial intelligence along the way, constantly changing things. I mean, we're technology is always changing things, but it's going to accelerate, I think. If they're adaptable, they're going to be more uh, prone to success. If they're able to teach their self when things do change, they can teach their self. That's fantastic. And in a world where you don't need to go to a school to learn, you can just get on the internet, learn from others. Uh, I think that's incredibly important. And when I say self-teaching, I don't mean like you're doing it in isolation. You're just, you're just able to figure out the tools you need to be successful to learn whatever you're trying to learn. Uh, if they're creative, I think this is one of the last innately human skills out there for the future that, that we just completely own. Yes, there's some creativity and in artificial intelligence that you could argue, but as far as new ideas and new connections, it's uh, right right now and as far as I can see in the future, uh, that's, that's still uniquely human. And I think that creativity is... Uh, going to be amplified by artificial intelligence as opposed to taken over. Uh, so it's definitely important for me in my in preparing my kids for the future, the future world to create that creativity. Social skills, I don't need to go too much into that. Obviously, social skills are important. And then self-knowledge. What am I good at? What? How much sleep do I need? All these things. Knowing yourself in all levels, I think is incredibly beneficial. And I'm still trying to figure that out at 43 years old, which is a little depressing. But I've actually made a lot of headway, especially since I left the corporate world. You don't have, you, you answer to yourself and you're able to get as much sleep as you need. And I'm able to figure that out. And when I work best, how I work best, the structure, all that, all that fun stuff. My kids are already figuring that out. And, uh, gosh, it's incredible. But I think these pillars provide a comprehensive foundation for future success. And they're the kind of meta skills that I'm trying to help develop. And if I get those meta skills, it, the rest become a little bit easier and I don't have as much concern. I think that if I lead, you know, there's a saying in the United States that if we lead a horse to water, it's better than just providing them with a drink. And I butchered the exact phrasing of that, but you really, if you could, if you can teach them how to 
do something, if you teach someone how to do something on their own, it's better than just giving them, doing the job for them one time. And I think that makes sense to a lot of people. So we focus on the six pillars of intentional in-schooling, and I think they're set, it's set for success. Uh, moving on with addressing concerns about trusting the intentional in-schooling process to cultivate genius, we want to overcome the fear of missing out. We just need to trust in the process of intentional unschooling and watch its outcomes appear, okay? We think that if we get our kids in school, and this is what we were really brainwashed to think, is that school is the answer, okay? You need to go to school to be exposed to the certain set of things, and if everyone's exposed to the certain set of things, and they get good grades, then you will be successful and you will have good outcomes and you will be good at everything. And we're sold this bill of goods and it's not true at all. Um, <laughs> in fact, I argue that it's probably doing more harm than good, uh, at least in the United States, because that's been my experience. Uh, it's what I see. It's what I hear. Uh, there's limitations with it, I think, is a negative impact on creativity, and that's one of my main objectives, right? It's one of the six pillars of intentional and schooling that I focus on, as well as adaptability. Kids become very rigid, just being told what to do, top-down instruction. They don't have to think. They just do what they're told. They have no ability to go over and veer off the uh, the the. the common path that everyone takes because there's just no room for that. That's what school is. It's it's conforming everyone rather than individuating everyone. And when you individuate, when you uh, really find yourself, you're going to go down your own individual path. That does not sound... <laughs> it, it, school is going to have a very hard time doing that. I mean, you have to have a pretty creative school to be able to allow every kid to do their own path. Uh, so it, it, it's it's very difficult, in my opinion. Now, there may be some ways around that, but in 2024, I look around and I still see schools doing things the way we've done it for 100 years. And they might have done changed this, changed that, added hours, whatever else. I still see kids graduating who cannot read, who cannot do basic math who, and they graduated. It's amazing to me. Even if they have their GED where they have to test, like they can't do this basic stuff, not easily, not with reviewing it. And I used to teach uh, math to college graduates. Uh, basic math, I'm talking about algebra. And it was like, oh, I'm not very good at math. And they'd always say that. And that's when I knew I was going to have an issue or I don't really like math. And it's like, hey, we got to go cover this here and that. <laughs> and and it's just uh it's, it really is a disservice to kids uh, when they come out hating it, avoiding it, which is what I believe under coercion, teaching these under coercion does. And they avoid it like the plague, so they're not going to retain any of it. And uh, again, my alternative is pull them towards it, show them the value in it, find what they're interested in, at least get them basically prepared. And if, they, if we don't, again, the six pillars of intentional and schooling, as long as we're teaching that, they're going to be able to adapt and teach their self. And I think that's really important. Um, also, uh, the, along with the fear of missing out is, you know, you think your kid might have to stick to a certain track, like be on time with this, the curriculum, right? 
scared of being behind. That's what I always hear, scared of being behind. Uh, Being behind according to who? Just remember that. Cultivating your genius is going to be so far ahead. They're going to be so far ahead, light years ahead. If, you know, I always bring up the coding thing, but should my kid become this uh, programmer of some sort or engineer, software engineer or something like that, working with, uh, you know, it's really just software, technology. If they are doing this from the time they're nine, if my son's doing this from the time he's eight and nine or nine years old, think about the impact that will have in their future. You always hear about the 14 year old who's doing like crazy things. Like maybe a 14 year old went to is, is now admitted to medical school or something crazy. That's, those are the kids that focused in on their innate talents and what they're interested in and got the support of their parents to be able to do that. And every kid has that genius. And what I always focus in on is that, that they're going to be this genius in some way, not necessarily what I want, but in how they were created. And then I'm giving them the tools to be able to fill in the gaps with anything that I couldn't convince them was valuable. And I am totally on board with broad exposure. In fact, I love the idea of broad exposure. It, 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 uh, it's part of my personality to actually seek a broad exposure and then connect dots between uh, different things that seem mutually exclusive, that don't seem like they connect. But I find a connection, and I think that's part of my genius as I discover myself. Uh, so trust me, I'm all on board with broad exposure. But we also need to be able to dive in. So school just focuses on this broad exposure and making sure they meet the minimum basic requirement of whatever they're doing. And I say, yeah, that's great. Let's make that a goal. But if we miss that mark, I'm not going to uh, go after that at the expense of building their genius, which almost every kid is throttled in school as far as I can see it, probably with few exceptions unless they're making an individualized plan uh, or not even plan, allowing them to just do their own thing, which is unschooling. So (laughs) anyways, uh, hope you enjoyed the episode. Um, I really appreciate you turning in. We got listeners from all over the world. I'm always amazed by, um, where I see, where I see, um, the, the countries that are popping up, uh, non-native English-speaking countries, and uh, even even countries that don't allow for homeschooling, which amazes me. My heart goes out to you guys who are uh, stuck in those countries that don't allow it. Thank you for tuning in. We have listeners in just about all 50 states. I think we're in all 50 states, and I lost count of the countries. Um, please, please, please give us a rating and review uh, that will only help us reach more people. I think the word needs to get out that there's alternative ways. I talk to people every day, even today I was running into parents and they, it was just like mind blowing to them what we're doing here. And it's not, it's not new. It's, 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 it's how we were built as far as I'm concerned. So please right now, just stop what you're doing and go on, go on over to the uh, podcast player that you're listening to and give us a rating and review five stars if you're willing and um, I would really appreciate it Uh, and with that 
I'm going to end the episode. So stay curious, stay unschooled, and stay away from the algebra nightmares. I'll catch you in the next episode. Parents, are you terrified your unschooled child isn't learning enough? Or are you a homeschooling veteran eager to level up by incorporating in unschooling principles? Maybe you're newly venturing into homeschooling and already doubting your decision. Whatever the stage, overwhelm is real, but it doesn't have to be. I'm Matthew Jarecki from Unschooled Unleashed, and I've got huge news. I'm thrilled to introduce Homeschool Rescue, Unschooled Unleashed's signature coaching package. Whether you're all in on unschooling or just dipping a toe, this tailored coaching package is your roadmap to a confident and thriving education no matter how hectic life gets. Bold moves make bright futures. Join our homeschool rescue coaching program through the link in the description and set your child's genius free. So here's where we roll up our sleeves and bring out the big guns. If you support our mission, then please leave a review. On Unschooled Unleashed, we are talking about using a radical approach to education in today's world. And the more five-star reviews we have, the more people will feel comfortable with the ideas, strategies, and principles we discuss. It gives legitimacy to our message and the podcast's algorithm prioritizes us so we can reach more people. You may even have your five-star review read on our podcast. Before I let you go, I have to pause and say this from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Your presence here is the fuel that ignites this movement. I am incredibly moved that you trust in us enough to click play. You, my friends, are the caped heroes in this story, the guardians of your family's learning journey, and a beacon of hope for your community. Be bold. Do what you think is best for you and your family. Thanks again for tuning in and taking this courageously outside of the box for this educational revolution. Welcome to the front line.